is Bloomberg Surveillance. The amount of momentum that we saw in January was distinctly different from anything that we'd seen over the last four years. Unfortunately for us, for the U.S. in the near term when it comes to manufacturing, we still see some headwinds. The market is effectively recalibrating. It is taking back the losses that it made in anticipation of a much steeper Fed trajectory. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Michael McKee and Tom Keen. A Thursday before Jobs Day. We welcome all of you worldwide. A lot going on today worldwide. Maybe you're called a recovery after two days of brutal moves in foreign exchange. Futures up eight. Dow futures up 58. Good morning across this nation. Sirius and XM Channel 119. Good morning. Uh, Bloomberg 1200 Boston. 99.1 FM Washington in Baltimore. Bloomberg 960 the Bay Area. And good morning in a foggy New York. Bloomberg 1130 as well. Just a most interesting uh, morning as we lead up to tomorrow. Again, Bill Gross and Jim Glassman in the 8 o'clock hour tomorrow. This morning, Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by Cone Resnick Accounting. Tax advisory regulatory changes can impact your business. See how the experts at Cone Resnick can help you navigate these complexities. Find out more at ConeResnick.com, C-O-H-N. R-E-Z-N-I-C-K, ConeResnick.com. Michael, it is a good time to speak to J.B. Diamond's favorite academic. I mean, it's a good time. <laughs> Anad Imani, a finance professor from Stanford University, uh, the uh, author of uh, the book, uh, The Banker's New Clothes. Um, Tom is being sarcastic, of course. (laughs) Never. You were just up in Minneapolis uh, for the uh, Minneapolis Fed uh, summit meeting. Neil Kashkari, the president of the Fed up there, is uh, holding a series of uh, seminars on uh, how – he originally said we should break up the banks. Now he's backed off that a little bit. So maybe we call this on how best to regulate banks. But but how did the first one go? Well – Obviously, I'm thankful that he had that event and that he invited me there. Um, I said what I had to say, and um, I'm not sure. I think afterwards there was one good thing he did, which is he uh, dismissed uh, this new invention, which is just a variation on an earlier Tier 2 capital called TLAX, and said, how about, like, just equity if you want to absorb losses? So that was kind of a the one uh, obvious step there. And so we'll see where it, where it comes out. But, um, you know, there were, there were different different views expressed. I think I did a little better than uh, Simon Johnson, who was just completely slammed by the discussants afterwards for some size caps. But uh, I may have resonated a little you, you bit don't more. Th- you're, you're not suggesting that we impose size caps on the banks? That wasn't my suggestion. My hope is that uh, through other changes, they will become smaller, that there will be pressures on them. And there are some <clears> beginning to through these living whales and other things. They're threatening, I'm told. I believe it when I see it, that right. uh, when they fail the living whales one more time uh, in October, then maybe something might actually happen. they got to get to October, and I believe the first quarter worldwide for banking, the new banking of too big to fail banking, has been moldy. What what do you ascribe to the moldiness of the moment? You have a entirely different purview from Stanford than every sell side analyst we speak to. Well, I don't know. I don't 
talk to as many analysts as you do over here. Uh, my view is, first of all, that you see mold when, you know, the world is kind of muddling along and there's a lot of problems yeah. in the world. And when you have a lot of leverage, the downside doesn't look pretty. Well, those are, but and the so headline here or not is so important. If we get global growth, do you see a healthier banking system? Well, it, it might come the other way around. I think that getting a healthier banking system could be a precursor to better growth because I think they're just dysfunctional at, at these sort of, you know, zombie or near zombie stage that they kind of always muddle in and lengthen recessions and all of that. So look at Europe where, you know, they're telling you why aren't the bank lending when, of course, there's got to be demand and all of that. So other things might need to happen. But I think leaving the banks to, to kind of hope to get better on their own when the system's so bloated uh, instead of, you know, cleaning up that system is part of what's wrong with the world. Well, the, uh, on a relative basis, the U.S. Has, has gone farther than Europe, though. That's right. Well, Europe is a complete mess because there's a lot of symbiosis between banks and governments in Europe, and they really haven't sorted out. There's just a lot of really ugly politics <coughs> in the Eurozone especially. And they've just had multiple different problems. So from the subprime straight to their mm -hmm. sovereign problems, uh, you know, they have a lot more banking problems than we and they really dysfunction and they depend more on banking. So banks are bigger in Europe relative. So now Italian banks are falling apart and the whole banking union is a mess. So anyway, yes, the U.S. is a bit better. U.S. is more diverse financial markets, uh, a little bit less dependent on banks. I mean, I'm, I'm not happy with, with our, I think the whole global system is very fragile, but uh, so stand back and hope hope it doesn't implode tomorrow, which you know who knows. Well, the uh, the banking system had a rough quarter, yes. uh, to put it mildly. Yes. Uh, does that suggest to you that in fits and starts, Dodd Frank is working? Uh, fits and starts is is, is about right. I, it depends what you call working. I mean, you know, the people have different aspirations for what can happen. Mine, uh, you know. Were, were more when I started into this six years later. I, I am, I'm thankful for any little progress, so I kind of adjusted my <clears> expectations <throat> a bit. You mentioned earlier bloated, which sets up the most delicious tension. If I'm in a car right now worldwide in New York, wherever, London, and I'm listening to you, I'm saying, okay, we're bloated. So the solution in every era is combination, which means M&A, which means bigger banks. Which way do you want to go, bigger banks or no M&A and stay bloated? Well, uh, bloated is a, could be a whole system of a lot of little ones. So it doesn't have to be M&A. So, you, you know, the, the solution to weak banks is not necessarily to be swallowed by, a, by another bank. Then what is the solution? Well, you might need to unwind some banks. For example, the system might need to shrink a little bit because it's when you have excess capacity in any industry, then you know there's a sort of a struggle for survival, but which is in banking any, means taking is, a lot of risk. Is there a history of eliminating banks without combination? I've never read that. Well, I, I, I don't know what cleaning up a banking system means. I mean, we have sometimes give an example of Sweden, you know, in the, in the early 90s for, for something like that. The problem right now is, I mean, the, the bloatedness is sort of, is, is part of it is, is a very interconnected system. So a lot of balance sheet, bank balance sheets are sort of within the system, not going out into the real economy. So I think part of it is sort of to try to simplify structures, which already, you know, there's just a lot of, back and forth on the balance sheet. You know, I can sell you, you can sell me, we can have a big balance sheet. So some of the balance sheet is just a lot of churning within. And so I think that the, the, once you start 
unpacking some of these balance sheets. I'm not sure uh, exactly what what will what what a leaner system would would uh, would look like. But uh, I do not want bigger bigger of the bigger banks. That's for sure. But who would decide what you unpack? That's the problem. That's why I like equity requirements because I'm I'm hoping, although somebody said that the way they have ownership structure restrictions on bank holding companies would prevent investor pressure, literally uh, pushing banks to break up, which, of course, it was a failed proposal in city. Uh, but uh, so the question is, until it becomes the pressure becomes more like conglomerates faced when they were too bloated because – I think that investors like leaner companies. What you hear from investors, in fact, that they're uninvestable at this size, that they're too opaque. I mean, this is what you hear from Paul Singer. This is what you just heard recently, warnings about derivatives. You know, Singer has said this in Davos when, when we were there a couple of years ago. I didn't come again to be ignored again. Uh, and, uh, but, but recently Warren Buffett said another again that this is a ticking time bomb, that accounting issues are not dealing with it, the same things. So there's been a lot of warnings about some of these lurking risks around, even off balance sheet. The, uh, the, the risks higher, as you say, though, in Europe than even here. For sure. Europe is very scary. What uh, Can they get out of it, or is, are we going to see an explosion? In Europe, is a deep political problem because their their governments depend on banks, and banks depend on governments, and everybody depends on ECB right now. So ECB, the European Central Bank, is like the the only game in town in Europe right now for everybody, for the governments too, because it controls yeah. that currency. Let's go back. Anna Mati with us at Stanford as we look at uh, banks and her uh, critical eye on their path forward, not only the two big-to-fail banks, but the rest of the American uh, banking system. Futures up 11 earlier. They've given way a little bit. I don't want to undersell it. Now, the VIX trading, the VIX starts trading 3-ish, 4-ish. 3 a.m. these days. Yeah, in the morning. And so it's something new. We usually quote a static VIX, which begins at 9.30. That's not the case. The VIX does better this morning. Less fear, 15.59 in 0.46 uh, VIX points. A 10-year yield, 1.80%. Uh, percent. A churn to the market. Oil up, though. Uh, West Texas up a dollar sixty-two right now, 45.42 per barrel. And the yen finally weaker for two days, 107.14, a weaker Japanese yen. Let's check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines. Michael. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. A proposal coming today from the nation's top consumer financial regulator would give account holders of all kinds of another weapon in disputes with the banks or other institutions. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau wants to ban mandatory arbitration clauses, which would affect the entire financial industry and the hundreds of millions of bank accounts, credit cards, and mortgages that Americans use. Now U.S. bank customers have mostly signed away their right to sue the bank. Workers living in New York City, who also have caregiving responsibilities at home, now have a stronger safety net. A new law has taken effect to protect employees from termination, demotion, or denial of promotion because of their status as a family caregiver. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists. I'm Michael Barr. Mike Tom. And Michael, thanks so much. Tomorrow, Jobs Day, James Glassman and Bill Gross, we've got the A-team with us to provide perspective as we go beneath the headline data at 8.30 worldwide. 
Bloomberg surveillance. The news update brought to you by Mercedes-Benz. Outstanding offers are in full bloom at your Mercedes-Benz Tri-State dealers. Take advantage of limited-time lease and finance programs on select models this spring season. Visit MBUSA.com for details today. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app. And on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are rising. So is NYMEX crude oil up 4.1% this morning. Let's go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Karen. That's right. Futures are higher on this busy day for earnings. U.S. 10 yield at 1.8%. And Dow futures currently higher by 57 points. S&P's gained 7.5. And Nasdaq futures rise by 17. On the U.S. economic front at 8.30, initial jobless claims estimate 260,000. And a 10:30 natural gas storage change. After the bell last night, Fitbit, QQ adjusted EPS view, missed lowest estimates. Kraft Heinz beat, MetLife missed, and Tesla is up 4% pre-market after its results. Regarding earnings today, Regeneron, Alibaba, Kellogg, and Merck were all mixed, while Martin Marietta beat. In deal news, Tribune's board rejected Gannett's takeover bid. And in other news, Costco April comp sales missed estimates. Shares are down 2% pre-market. Finally, some of your early Wall Street upgrades and downgrades. China Lodging cut the neutral over at Goldman Sachs. At Morgan Stanley, GNC Holdings cut to equal weight. Dick Sporting cut to underweight. Genesee and Wyoming cut to hold over at Stiefel. Live from the first breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, thanks, Bill. To hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg-type squawk, go on your terminal. That's S-Q-U-A-W-K, go. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, thanks so much. Uh, Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by Invesco. Factor-based strategies can help investors focus on high quality, low volatility, and more. Learn more at Invesco.com slash high conviction. Invesco.com slash high conviction. There is in her book... The Banker's News Close, a chapter. If not now, when? Anat Amati with us of Stanford in our studios in New York. Anat, you are an email magnet. Bankers worldwide email in and say, what is her prescription? What is your prescription for our banks? I mean, it, it, there's got to be a to-do away from academics, much more towards what do we really do? What do they do? Well, I mean, you might say that this makes them more bloated, but I say for one, immediately, anybody who has any profits should retain them and not pay them out. I mean, Hyun Shin from BIS just Nobody would be their shareholders. Nobody would be their shareholders. Well, uh, the shareholders that are there are already there. If if the stock price goes down, it would be a correction for the fact that they should absorb their own losses. So you're saying that the major banks should eliminate dividends, eliminate share repurchase? If they can pay dividends, but they have, have to any, raise more equity. Do you have any supporters on that in Washington? Uh, well, I mean, I see it with BIS just called for it, uh, and I think that's like your best stress test is to show us what you're worth in markets, and if they're worth very little, that just means that they live too much on subsidies. In other words, if they get diluted a lot, that just means that they're taking on more downside risk. Because is that, that the risk with Deutsche Bank, essentially? Of course. They're not willing to go out and do an equity cash of call because of because dilution? Because their existing ones get diluted mm-hmm. because you're bearing downside risk that otherwise you can shift them to others. Mm-hmm. That's all that's going on. And so their intense hate of equity only shows me that they're weak because this is the symptom. So in Minneapolis Fed, I had a slide that had a picture of a zombie, sort of a picture of a of a – 
It's like a coffin, and it says, don't John open. John Tucker at 5 a.m. Don't, don't open, dead inside, is, it said. <laughs> and I had a list of symptoms of insolvency, and the symptoms include yeah, but, behave, Mike, making money out. Yeah, but, this is important. How come we could do equity cash calls here, and they work out as a general statement, hmm? and they're unable to do an equity cash call in Europe? It suggested their banks are very sick. I mean, that is what happens when banks, when any corporation is very sick. The definition of insolvency is the inability to raise more equity because nobody's going to buy your upside and your downside together from where you are right now. You know, you're basically bust. So the question I have is show me capital ratios that were all flat to the crisis. I don't believe them. What I see is symptoms. I see symptoms that show unhealthy corporations. So view me as a corporate doctor. I see these institutions and I say something's wrong with them. How do they even make it through another day? Well, they make it through another day because they don't actually default and because they don't have normal creditors who are going to force them into default, even though they could very well be insolvent. That's the problem in banking, that you can persist in insolvency for a long time or near insolvency, which other corporations can't. There are people (coughs) who are suggesting lately that uh, part of the big problem for those banks and for the banks in the United States, uh, the central banks, that they're the enablers here because they're financializing everything. You hit it exactly right. So central banks, this is a very good point, central banks are enormous players, and among other things, they keep their kind of, they give the tender loving care to the private banks, sort of enabling them. You can see what happens when they withdraw support, like when they can be very harsh on Greece. That was really actually nasty, because that was Germany forcing the European Central Bank to make a bad situation in Greece ever worse over the summer by closing their, that's called ELA, the Emergency Liquidity uh, Assistance, from just the Greek banks. But in the rest of the, the place, they're keeping governments, that's why I said ECB calls the shots in Europe, it keeps the governments and the banks alive everywhere. And, and it is their ability And if you look at what Bloomberg uncovered about the loans of the various liquidity facilities through the crisis, you know, they suddenly decide which collateral is good or not, which haircut to give or not, and all of a sudden they're keeping everybody alive. Do you discern excellence anywhere in American banking? Is there one bank? I mean, you know, we we talk about M&T in Buffalo as being an original experiment, but is is there one major bank and all the the celebs slash CEOs that we uh, follow and speak to, is there somebody nudging towards Admati best practices? They don't have incentives personally to do this. It's got to be a collective action. In fact, when I addressed in 2010, I, when Jamie Dimon had a big you know, cover story in the New York Times magazine saying that he's the banker we hate the least, I had an op-ed in that morning in Huffington Post. It was actually my first op-ed in which it was very long tutorial on corporate finance. And at the end, I addressed Jamie Dimon directly. Well, my one mistake was I said he wants to be as big as Walmart when he was already ten times bigger than Walmart at the time. But what I said was, why don't you advocate, and in a letter to, to, to the board, I also said, that, why don't you advocate for higher capital requirements for all? Okay, but now, I, the I closest the... to that is Axel Weber, actually, who is an ex-academic who mm-hmm. gets it. And, and so, so you get some CEOs who actually understand. The rest of them will just say those those things, and I don't know okay. about CEOs. I keep track. I'll tell you who I had dinner with is risk manager, and they do some good work. Okay, sometimes. we're going to have to go, but you got to come back, or we got to speak to you from Palo Alto. 
uh, about so much, including, yeah, including the Minnesota uh, meeting <laughs> with Neil Kashkari. Anata Mahdi, thank you, Global Wall Street Worldwide, for your heated emails on Ms. Amadi's appearance. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Coming up, the With All Due Respect highlight brought to you by Land Rover. If it's in your nature to cast off the everyday and seek adventure, the Discovery Sport was built to help your search. Visit LandRoverTriState.com or call 1-800-FIND-4WD for details. Land Rover, above and beyond.